great to see you all here tonight. Welcome to the wonderful Stratford Heights Church of God. We've all come together to worship. Amen. One person's really excited. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Well, it's great to see you all here tonight. We're going to get out in the aisles. We're going to shake some hands and hug some necks and welcome each other into the house of God this wonderful Sunday evening. Amen. Of this joy that I have.
tonight. Amen. I pray and believe and know that God is working and moving in our lives. I'll tell you, since I walked in tonight, I could just sense, I could just sense a glow of the Holy Spirit for somebody and maybe somebody's tonight, God's grace and God's mercy to move on us. I've been kind of captured by something my daughter preached to me last night. There's a little app on our phone. I know you're standing up and I'm going to get through this. It's not going to be long. I promise. There's no 18 pages. I love every page, though, that he preaches every time. It's tremendous. But, but we pulled out an app, a, a, a kid's Bible app, and there's some stories on there, and you flash through it, and you can see pictures. And, and we were flashing through these things, Valerie, and she got to the part where she saw the cross. And she said, oh, Dad, I want the cross. I want the cross. She said, I always want the cross and she just kept saying and I tried well let's go we did that last week and she said no no I always want the cross and I feel like tonight I feel like telling somebody tonight that if you're in Christ we're not working for victory we're working from victory we're not wishing for victory or, or even I, I say we're, we're hoping for it because hope is confidence it's not a wish but but we have it in the name of Jesus let me tell you what the Apostle Paul wrote to the, the church here in the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 15. It says, For he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. I wish we could get a hold of, of him talking about Jesus here. He says, he is before all things and in him all things hold together, including our bodies. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have the supremacy for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether things on earth or things in heaven by making peace through his blood shed on the cross of Calvary is there anybody here tonight that is saved by the blood of Jesus and through the blood of Jesus Can I remind everyone that is today that we are children of God and we can be confident today that our prayers are heard. We can be confident today that we've been reconciled. We've been brought into that right relationship with God the Father, God our Creator tonight. I'm thankful for that. Would you help me pray for just a moment here? Would you just shoot your hand up and thank the Lord for that today? And maybe there's something that you need tonight 
Maybe there's a reminder that God wants to whisper to your spirit and speak to you tonight. Can we be receivers of that by his grace? Father, we love you and we thank you, God. Every child, God, in here, God, no matter how old our age is, God, we're, we're, if we belong to you, God, we're your daughter. God, we're your son. And Father, I pray tonight, God, the heavenly Father might whisper and speak and remind his kids tonight that he has it all under control, God. Everything is, he is supreme over all of it. God, we thank you and we praise you and we give you honor. We give you honor in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You can be seated tonight. We're going to take up uh, the offering tonight if we can. I'm just going to say something. I'm just excited. I am so thankful to be a part of a church like this. And I don't say that because of any insincere, disingenuous way. I'm so thankful that I know my kids are growing up, experiencing the power of God. I'm thankful that my daughter's four years old and she's in here tonight with us. And I want her to feel and experience the power of God. We're so thankful to be a part of of this church and what God is doing in a church that believes like this. We're just beyond thankful. And I want to thank you, very generous church, for how generous you are to our youth group. We gave out some cans the other day of free Coke or Pepsi, whatever your preference is, or Diet Coke. And you know that, that many of you, the majority of you, took the time to fill those cans up with change and bring them back. And we've raised, right now, we're still raising money, but over $1,500 has come in that you guys have given for our teenagers to go to Winterfest. And our group, thankful to be a part of generous people that love the gospel. Five kids gave their hearts to the Lord on Tuesday night. And I'm thankful for that. Take it very serious. I know our kids are so valuable. And they're, just like the the preacher said this morning, they're attacked. But God is able. And God can do all things. He can do all things. And we want to be humble servants and vessels of that. Thank you, Father, tonight. We're humbled, God, by your grace once again. And I'm thankful, God, for this choir. I'm thankful for their worship. I'm thankful for their fire, God, that you've given them in their hearts, God. Changes lives every time they get up. And God, we ask, God, as we give tonight, God, it's not in any type of way that you're pulling it out of our hand. God, we give it with joy, God. With joy we give it. We love you. We praise you. Thank you for the opportunity. In Jesus' name. Sing of 
worthy, you are worthy, you are yes, only you are worthy. I with my voice, I will praise your holy name. You are worthy, you are worthy, you are yes, only you are worthy, you are worthy to be praised. You are worthy to Rose again, only you are worthy. 
you feel that way tonight? Excellent, incredible, come on, infallible, omnipotent. Do you feel that way tonight? Won't you stand with me all over the congregation and let's look at the scripture in Isaiah chapter 40. So we come together on this Super Bowl Sunday night. I tell you what, you, y'all are just diehard. I mean, this morning, I, I could have, I might as well have just given you a written waiver not to come to church. And here you are. I, as I mentioned this morning and said it, and I still believe it, it doesn't mean anything for those who are enjoying their family and being with their friends tonight and watching the Super Bowl. That don't bother me at all. I don't think God's mad at them. I think they're enjoying an evening with their family, and that's all right. Say amen. But I just really believe that it's been real good from the moment we walked in, not because you're more spiritual, but because you've made the sacrifice of praise tonight to be in God's house when practically the entire world is out, you know, sitting around watching this game. You were here, you wanted to make sure you were in God's presence this evening. And I just think that's notable. And I think that God wants to bless you and make it sure worth your time. You know what I mean? And so I'm believing that tonight with a word that I've actually been preaching this message all week long. Normally I'll get a message and I'll prepare it and get it ready and and I'll present it to you first. And if it ever goes anywhere else, it's after it's been here first. But this message, as God has given it to me all week long, I have been preaching it to people everywhere I go. And so this thing's already wore out. But I believe it's going to bless you. I think God's going to use it tonight. In the few minutes that we have, and we'll share in the Word of God, look it with me to Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 25. God's speaking again through the book of Isaiah, through the prophet Isaiah, and I love the relationship that Isaiah had with the Lord. Isaiah was able to be a mouthpiece for God. He, was, he loved the Lord. You could tell by the way he would write the things about the Lord and about what he sees in the spirit realm. And, and then when God trusts him to give him words to the people, and God trusted him on this particular occasion. And it says in verse 25, To whom then will ye liken me? Or to whom shall I be equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things. Talking about the universe, the stars. You know, and I always bring that out, but whenever I'm in trouble and I need to believe God, sometimes I'll just go out in the backyard. Is anybody else like me? I'll just go out in the backyard and look up. Or sometimes I'll check out the sun at sunset. If I'm having a particularly gloomy day, I'll go out there somewhere and look. I've stood at an ocean, stared at that ocean for probably two hours as I just thought about how vast how amazing. I kept wondering when that water was going to break its gravitational force and just cover the earth. And it didn't. It held back. And I kept thinking, mighty and powerful is my God. I don't worry when I believe and I know and I have faith in who he is tonight. To whom then will you liken me? Or to whom shall I be equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things. 
who brings out their host by number, who calls them all by name, by the greatness of his might and the strength of his power. He says, not one is missing. Cameron, I feel led to tell you, trust the Lord. You came down here tonight for prayer. You need a healing touch. I want you to believe me, right? Would you stretch your hands towards Cameron right where you're standing? Do you have faith in this great God who makes mountains and oceans and keeps this planet going? Would you just reach your hands? God, will you touch Cameron right where he is? Lord, you made him. You can fix him. You took care of him from his mother's womb. God, you've called him into the ministry. You've given him a voice and a heart for you. He's chasing after you tonight. God, we ask you, touch him in the name of Jesus. Minister now in his body from his head to his feet. Touch him with a healing touch. We believe it and we thank you for it right now. God, he's got a tender heart for you and he's asking his father. He's asking his heavenly father. And Lord, you won't deny your children a touch of power tonight. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. By the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, and he says, not one is missing. Then he says something really awesome and interesting. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? Why do you say these words? My way is hidden from the Lord. And my just claim is passed over by my God. He asks him a question then. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth. He neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might. He can't take another step. You can't go another day. You can't take another breath. You don't know if you have another heartbeat. You're done. And to those who have no might, he increases their strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Can I hear an amen to the reading of God's word? God's word, his scripture, is supposed to increase our faith. When you read the word, when you hear the word, it is supposed to increase your faith. There's supposed to be a supernatural interaction in your heart, in your spirit. There's supposed to be an exchange that happens, Brother Brandenburg, between heaven and this earth and this body. When I hear his word, the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I just read to you some stuff that ought to cause, it ought to have caused pandemonium in this house. It ought to, somebody says, why do you people get so emotional and upset, you're dramatic, and how can you not? When you read this word. Lord, we ask you to touch us tonight. 
in the few minutes we have, I'm going to try my best to be time conscious, Lord, but at the same time obedient to you. Pray that you would touch and minister through your words. Speak to us tonight. Challenge us tonight. Let us leave this place feeling like we've been in a Super Bowl of glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We pray it in your name, and everyone said amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you, Jesus. The prophet of God reproofs and chastises the people of God for their unbelief and their distrust. As a pastor, this is something that has to be preached on a continual basis. Because I have found that when that what happens is our circumstances have a tendency to affect our strength, cause us at times to get weak in our faith. And so we have to stay in this mode of constantly, you know, just like a couple has to keep renewing their love, renewing their promises to one another. You know, I, I, I've laughed and joked with you before when I preached on a marriage Sunday about, you know, a, a lady who, who had made the comment. She said, you never tell me you love me. And he said, honey, if it ever changes, I told you on the day we got married, and if it ever changes, I will let you know. She said, that's not good enough. She needs to hear it on a regular basis. God understands and knows all things, but you need, you need to renew your love and your compassion and your covenant with God on a regular basis. But there are times that we get despondent. There are times that we go through feelings of dejection. There are times even under affliction in our lives. We were never promised that this would be a rose garden. We were never promised that this was heaven. Nowhere does it say that this will be heaven or that it'll be perfect or this is paradise. Nowhere in the scripture. As a matter of fact, all through scripture. I don't know why we keep getting this wrong, but we've got to somehow along the way and keep encouraging ourselves with the truth of what this world is. This is not heaven. This is an evil, wicked world who has turned its back in many respects on God. But he will always have a people. And he will always have power in the earth. And for you and I, we have to continually renew our covenant and our passion with God. But God comes to the Israelites through the prophet and he says, why do you doubt? Why do you trust? Why do you not trust? And then he asks them this question. Have you not known? Has, have you not heard? Then he makes a statement. He says, the everlasting God, the never-ending God, the eternal God who will always be on his throne. He'll never take a vacation. He'll never take a day off. He'll never close down for a holiday. God, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth. And you know, I just want to make that clear. That is, speaks to his never-ending creative power. Because there is no end to the earth. We don't, we're not in Christopher Columbus's day. We know that it just keeps going in every direction. So he says, never ending. I am the creator of the ends of the earth. He neither faints nor is weary. And his understanding is unsearchable. 
Then he says something I think is very interesting in verse 27. Now you would think, and many times you read in the scripture where it says, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But do you notice, Kathy, right here, he says, in verse 27, why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? Now anybody who knows anything knows that Jacob was Israel. God changed his name. Now, we understand that he's speaking to all of the children of God. He's speaking to all of Israel. But I believe he's making a distinction there and for good reason. God is making it clear. He's reminding them. He's coming back to remind them. And I would remind you tonight. He's saying to the children of Israel, why do you say, Jacob, why do you say, Israel, why do you say, children of a covenant God, of a covenant God? He's reminding them there. I'm the God that changes your personality, changes your name. I'm the God that makes a covenant with you. I'm the God that turns your life upside down and takes you from being a deceiver and a supplanter. I take you to being the prince of Israel. I'm a covenant God. He uses that term, Jacob and Israel, over 16 times there in other chapters. But the names are there to remind the people of God that he's a covenant God. And that he's a faithful God. That he will not let you down. He cannot let you down. It's impossible. Say the word impossible. It's impossible for God to lie. That ought to cause a shout right there. I said it's impossible for God to lie. So when the enemy comes in like a flood. And he comes in like a, like a demon. And he comes in like a liar. And he says to you God didn't hear you. God's not on the throne. God's weak. God's left the throne. God's no longer in control. God doesn't have this all worked out in your life. He is a liar, for it's impossible for God to have given a promise and it be a lie. Say the word impossible. So Isaiah is saying the name, these are the names of people of the people of God who are in and with God in a covenant. They say they are professing people. And I meet a lot of folks in our Christian circles even today, Brother Warren, that are professing Christians. They, they live it in all outward appearances, but they ought to be believing Christians. Because there's a difference in someone who professes faith, professes Christianity, professes to walk in this gospel message, but doesn't really believe it. I pray to be one in my own life to consecrate myself and never allow my eyes to be dimmed or my soul to be so despondent and dejected from the circumstances of this world that I would ever look up to God and doubt the fact that he is a covenant God. A covenant-keeping God who is faithful all the way to the end. Sometimes we just need to be reminded of who we are and who we serve. Sometimes we need to be reminded of who we are and who we serve. And then in that moment, we've got to shake ourselves. And we've got to stand up. But when God speaks over our life, God speaks according to his word in favor. He speaks in blessing. 
and God speaks over your life in power. He doesn't lie. He speaks in favor, blessing, power. We are his people, and he is faithful. We are his people. Who are, who are his people tonight? You got enough faith to believe that, right? We got enough to believe that. We are his people. He is faithful. He will not fail. He will not go back on his word. God is not fickle here today and gone tomorrow. God isn't in one minute and out the next. God isn't up today and down tomorrow. I heard a preacher several years ago who said Jesus walked in. This is a very famous guy on TV all the time. If I called his name, some of you probably support him on a monthly basis. This guy, I wouldn't support him for this reason alone. He said one day Jesus walked into his office where he was in his church and, and he, said, he said he looked up and saw that Jesus was sad. Jesus was depressed. That ain't the God I serve. He said Jesus was depressed. And I looked up at him and I said, Jesus, why in the world are you so depressed? What are you so down for, Lord? And he said, oh, Jesse. The anointing just went right out the door. <laughs> Lord, I'm sorry. I don't think I should go on to tell the story now. <laughs> Let me just leave it at this. Jesus, he's mighty. He's powerful. He's joy unspeakable and full of glory. He's a mighty God. He's a powerful God. And he will not fail. And he doesn't get sick and weary and tired and weak. He doesn't fall down and have to have somebody else pick him up. He doesn't get depressed and need a counselor. Who, who being his counselor, who can tell him the way it is? Not one of us tonight. There isn't a human being on the face of the earth that he needs. But boy, do we ever need him. I need him. I need him for every breath I breathe. I need him for my heartbeat. I need him for every step that I take. I need him. I need him. Can't live without him. When God reveals something to you, you can count on it. Hear what I'm saying tonight. When God declares something to you in his word, if you can find it in his word, heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word will never come back void. It'll never come back empty. It'll, It'll never come back worthless or valueless. It'll never come back having not accomplished that which it was sent to do. God will always come through on his word. When the enemy comes at you and tries to tell you God's a liar, when he tells you that God's word is not powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, you tell him to get thee behind me, Satan. He's a liar. And it's impossible for God to lie. When he reveals something to you by his spirit, you can depend on God. You can walk on it. You can live on it. You can trust it. And you can take it to your heart. Can I trust it? To my heart? What if I get disappointed? 
What if I get let down? Can I take it to my heart? You better believe it. Trust him. Head to foot. Every step that you take, take it right to the soul and inner part of your spirit. Take it right to your heart. I'm, I'm laying my ministry on the line. Lay it on the line now and say, you can take it to your heart. God will not fail you. He'll not lead you astray and God will not lie to you. He has promised that every step is ordered in his spirit. He has called you. You are his redeemed. And God will not leave you in the wilderness for too long. He won't leave you out there in your circumstance too long. How many of you know he'll come along right on time? And he will perfect. He will perfect. He will perfect the work that he has started and accomplished in you. And he will do it. And I, I stand as a testimony. Is there anybody else come thus far and you found it to be true? He has perfected his work in you. He has perfected it in my tears. He has perfected it in my sadness. He's perfected it in my sorrow, in my trouble. He's perfected that work in me when I've, kept, when I've come up against impossible situations. And I have found him to be there. He has always, always, always been there for me. He has never let me down. And if he is God of the stars, he's God of all of my hurts. To the people of rejection and to the people who have a spirit of despondency, God says to you, you need to be reminded of who he is. He said, why do you speak, Jacob, Israel, covenant people? Why do you, after all I've done for you, I've given you a new name, I, I have taken, I've given you a brand new heart in life. Do you remember the night that he found you? Do you remember the night he saved you? Do you remember the night that you loved the worldly things and now all of a sudden you love the godly things? Do you remember what changed in you? The night that I got saved and I will never tell the Hera Arena story again. <laughs> well, maybe I will, but. I will tell you this about that night. I sat there on the seat at that place, and I stared down at that preacher who was preaching and the Holy Spirit that was speaking and knocking on my heart's door, and I wrestled, and I wrestled, and I said, I can't give this up. I can't give them up. I can't give this stuff up. I can't quit going here. I can't quit, Lord. I can't do this. I don't want to do this. Half of me wants to sit here. The other half wants to go down. I don't know what to do. I am struggling. I don't know what to do. I can't give these things up. And then all of a sudden, I literally stood up in faith and I stepped out on my questions, on my fears, on my troubles and my struggles. And I got halfway down the front and I was just like it's things sort of melting off of me. Every one of those things fell off me. By the time I got down to the altar, I was looking at the man and the preacher there. And a, a preacher I didn't know named Lane Sargent was just happened to be standing there. And he looked at me and he said, my Lord, son, the Holy Ghost is all over you. I said, I know. <laughs> and in that moment right there, I went back to my seat after my encounter with God and I sat back up there after W.P. Atkinson had preached to me so happy, I got the Holy Ghost on top of it. Walked back to my seat, not only saved, but sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost all in one night. And I got up to my seat, I sat there, and I started laughing out loud. 
And a friend of mine looked at me and she, Pam, she said, Ray, what is wrong with you? I said, I sat here for 15 minutes and I fought with God. I struggled with God. I called things out. I wasn't going to give up. I didn't want to do this and I didn't want to do that. And I looked at her and I started laughing and I said, and now I don't want any of it. I want all of him. I want as much of him as I can get. Turn my life upside down. But you've got to know it on the other side of faith. You have to know it on the other side of this faith we talk about. you got to step into it. He was reminding them. He said, have you not known? Have you not heard? In other words, you know what he was doing? He was reminding them of something they already knew. Oh, you don't know how good that is. You didn't hear me. He, have you not known? God's saying, haven't you heard? He was telling them something they already knew. But they had forgotten. Who's ever been there? I think we all have. Have you not heard? Have you not known? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth. He don't faint or get weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He was saying, you already know this. And how many times have I got down, Brother Boyer, I've got down in my prayer closet and I've, I've started belly aching and the Lord says, now you know better. How many times has he spoke to my heart and said, you know. Lord, are you going to come through? Lord, I need to know, is there a way out of this? Sometimes he don't even give me the courtesy to answer me again. He says, you know, what does my word say? I'll never forget the 830 morning service when I was over here and I had fallen out of my attic at my house. And for two weeks I had been on a cane. I had been to the hospital. They said I had three burst uh, vertebrae in my back, C1, C2 and something else. And I, was, I had tried my best. I, I, kept walk, I came in and walked across the front with a cane. And I went over here and sat down like I was about 99. And I sat in the pew and I just looked up to God and I was in pain. I was hurting and I didn't know what I was going to do. They were telling me it was probably going to be surgery. I went to therapy. That didn't do anything. And so here I am looking at all this and I'm thinking about surgery. And I walk up here and Gary Turner, I don't know where he went to. Oh, there he is. You're hiding. Gary Turner was sitting right here and he was playing and he started crying. He looked at me and he said, Pastor, I just feel this morning the Lord wants to heal you. And I stood right over here, and I was just, I was walking like this, and I stood right here, and I was trying my best to look like nothing was wrong, but I was in excruciating pain, and I stood right here, and I walked up to the pulpit, I heard Gary, and I, and I was like, yeah, I believe it, Gary, I believe it, Gary, and the, as soon as I stepped up to here, the Lord said, hey, I'm holding you to my word. Oh, He said, I, he, didn't tell, he didn't say, hold me to my word. Like so many folks do. I'm holding you to your word, God. Like you got to tell him. Sometimes we're spoiled rotten, aren't we? I'm, I'm telling you, God, I'm holding you to your word. I'd run from the lightning. Don't ever do that. Don't ever do that. I got here, up here and stood at this pulpit and the Lord spoke to me as clear as anything and he said, I'm holding you to my word. 
And right then I felt something hot hit my head and it came down through my body. Gary, you were there. There was a bunch of, who was there? Somebody, look how many people were in that service that morning. Here I stood and I walked over here and I started doing this. And I couldn't hardly believe it. The Holy Ghost fell in the place. I started doing like this. And then I lifted up my hands and I shouted all over the place. And the Lord healed me of three discs right there in that service. Ray, you already know. You all, somebody says, well, where are all those healings? You know, we hear about them. Let me tell you, hands again. Who was here? Who was here? I have not had a back problem since. I went back to the doctor and he said, well, you know, sometimes, you know, they just work themselves out. <laughs> it worked itself out in about 30 seconds. And that's all right. The world's always going to try to explain it away. But you and I know he's a God of great power. He's a God of healing. He's a God of deliverance. Haven't you heard? Don't you know? Jacob, Israel, covenant people. I made a promise with you. Let's talk about modern day. I've sent my son. I've given you the cross of Calvary. He came out of that tomb. And if he came out once and he came back to me and he said he's coming back, you can count on it. It's a promise. He's going to come just like he left. He's going to fill us and he's going to touch us. And that sky is going to open wide open with his presence, very physical presence. It's going to stand right there to welcome us in. He says, even the youth will faint. You know youth. You know youth. We got a few of them here tonight. The youth that think they can do anything. I mean, they, they're indestructible. They, they can do anything. You talk to a young person, man, they, they, there ain't no challenge in the world they can't take care of. They can do anything. And I've watched them. They can just about do anything. <laughs> They can go all night at a lock-in and keep going. They actually do little challenges. Let's go 36 hours. <laughs> I'm like, you're stupid. <laughs> I left that group a long, long time ago. Not even just youth ministry. I left being youth a long time ago. I can't run to the mailbox without a pain or something going wrong in my kneecap or something. Even the youth shall faint and they'll be weary. In other words, it may even go that far. It may go as far to drain the strongest among you. And the young men, they may even pass out. They may even fall out. But they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We've got to learn this principle tonight. We've got to get it down inside of us. It'll cause us to start walking over every issue and problem and circumstance in our life. We won't sit around mully-grubbing and whining anymore. We won't sit around in, in, in all kinds of sackcloth, if you will, and ashes crying about how God don't hear us. I tell you, if we'll get this down in our heart, there'll be a group of people at Stratford Heights on a Sunday or a Sunday night that's got the power of God Almighty working in their midst and they will see victories and miracles take place. There are times you have to hold on even when you don't feel like holding on. I said there are times you've got to hang on even when you feel like giving up, letting go. There are times you've got to praise anyhow, no matter how you feel, no matter what you're going through. 
There are times you got to trust God when you don't see anything happening around you. You got to still trust him. You got to know he's going to come through. But, but somebody says to you, curse your God and die. Why don't you just give up? You've apparently done something terribly wrong. You look at them and you say, I am standing in faith and trust in my God. And I will not let my circumstances, I will not let the things I don't see change my mind. I'm going to have a made up mind. Is there anybody in here tonight going to have a made up mind? I've got to trust God when I don't see a change, when I don't see any results, any fruit. I've got to walk by faith. The Bible says the just shall live by his, what he sees, what he feels. The just shall live by his faith and not by, not by sight. There are times you're going to have to walk and exercise faith anyhow. There are times when you don't see what's going on and you can't see any strength and you don't see anything. you got to have faith and confidence and trust in God anyhow. When you feel like everything is against you and everybody is against you, you've got to carry on anyhow. You've got to stand in the faith that God gives you. You've got a God who's on the throne. He gives strength to the weary. He gives strength to the weary. He takes care of us. But it's for those who wait on the Lord. And while we're waiting, remember, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. It doesn't mean wait on God and then down the road, you'll get it. No, let me give you something that you can take home with you as a golden nugget tonight. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength in the waiting. Four of you got that. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Who? They that wait. Oh, wow. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. They that wait, they that wait on him. Can you give the Lord praise tonight? Give him praise. Many times people think that during the waiting season they just need to be inactive. They just need, they become anemic. They, they become weak and they just sit down. They wait. They, they don't do anything. They, as, many, as a matter of fact, many times they'll, they'll run from God instead of to God. I'm amazed. I, I, I've been taught different, I guess. I, I've been raised up differently by men who helped me and by a mama who helped me and, and friends that have helped me. I've always thought, man, the last thing I need to, I don't understand running from God. 
I don't understand running away from him. When the troubles come and the trials come and the fire's hot and the waters are overflooding me, I run to God. I don't run from him. I, I can't comp comprehend running from him except that we've just got to have a clear understanding again of who he is. If we'll see him and we'll understand him, then God will show himself powerful. Even when you don't see what you think you need to see, God is still working. God is always working. He's always, he's got this, he's got it in the palm of his hand. He is going to polish you, make you, shape you, mold you like a potter's wheel. You are the clay sitting on that thing, and God is constantly making you into something beautiful. And when it's over, you may not like the marring. You may not like the way it feels. There may have to be a little cut and go on. There may have to be some things chopped off and some things rounded off, and there may have to put a hole down through the middle. There will be all kinds of foreign things happen to you that you don't want to happen. You'd much rather sit there like a lump you'd much rather sit there in a big old pile and just be comfortable but God says let me mar you let me take you in my hand let me mold you around and shape you into something because when it's done and you've gone through the molding and the shaping and the cutting and the polishing there he'll put you in the fire oh no not the fire too yes he'll even put you in the fire and there in that kiln coming out with his colors coming out with his polish coming out with his glaze you're going to be pretty you're going to be pretty. And when you come out, you're going to shine for him. You're going to look like something you could never look like had you not trusted him. Do you believe that? Say amen. He's the potter. I'm the clay. God doesn't work on our schedule or on our alarm clock. But in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 10, he says, But the God of all grace who hath called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus... After that, ye have suffered a while. Make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. This is the promise of God, and you can take it to the bank. So when your back is against the wall, you can't articulate a prayer. You can't say elaborate prayers. You can't get your heart out. You can't even open your mouth. You can't say nothing. All you've got to learn to do is look to the potter, call on his name. You don't have to worry about saying all the right things. You don't have to worry about all of the prayers you think you need to pray and getting it all right, just perfect. You just got to remember one thing, Jesus, if you can call on him. I'll never forget, we were in a car and we were traveling. My sister Carolyn was in the back seat. And I was in the uh, back seat with Debbie, and it was just the three of us. My mom and dad were right there in the front. And my dad had to slam on his brakes. And when he did, that was back before there were seatbelt rolls. And little Carolyn, who was sitting right in the middle, came run, flying up through the middle and went into that big old Chevy dash, which was all chrome and metal. And she literally busted her mouth, and she had all kinds of blood going down. And my mother, who was a Holy Ghost Pentecostal woman, she, I would have thought she could have prayed anything out of any, any problem or any concern. All she could do, she grabbed her. She pulled up her jacket and put that around her little baby. And she just kept saying, Jesus, 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 over and over and over again. I've got that picture to this day burnt in my mind. That's all she ever did. But you know what? God took her all the way through. And that thing man it became a non-issue once we got it straightened out and we got to the ER God took care of it 
But I watched her and she taught me something. When you don't know what to say, wait, there was an old song like that. When you don't know what to do, when the words just won't come out, all you got to know is this. Say the name Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. He's the bright and the morning star, the bread of life, the prince of peace, the mighty God, the everlasting father. He is the one, the everlasting Lord of glory, king of kings and Lord of lords. He is that awesome and mighty, mighty God. And when you, if you'll just learn his name, the Bible says no other name given among men whereby we might be saved. Jesus, that name. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4. Be anxious for nothing. Every now and then I got to stop so that I know you're listening. Be anxious for nothing. For some things, for a few things, for those important things. Be anxious for Nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with, oh, you've got to be kidding me. I can handle the prayer and the supplication. I can even put a good twist of wine on it. But you want me to be thankful as well? With thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Is this a promise? He cannot lie. Will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. God will keep my mind. God will keep my soul. God will keep me in my panic, in my discouragement, in my despondency and dejection. He will keep me in perfect peace. Can you say amen? Can God lie? It's impossible. Impossible. So you and I can take that to the bank. Amen? Oh, I've got so many other things, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end with this tonight. Would you stand with me? I just want you to remember four words. I want you to remember these four words. I want you to put them down in your spirit, down in your heart. Memorize them. When I come up to you, if I come by you, I'm going to look at you and say, what's the four words? I want you to start testing each other. I want you to challenge one another. I want you to find somebody that you can just over and over again test them with this. You ready? It's going to be a test. Four words I want you to never forget. Say it with me. God keeps his word. Four words. Say it again. God keeps his word. Word. Say it again. God keeps his word. Turn to somebody and tell them that right now. God keeps his word. With every head bowed and every eye closed tonight, just for a moment. Deuteronomy 7 and 9. Therefore know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 56. 
Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people, Israel, according to all that he promised. There has not failed one word of all his good promise, which he promised through his servant Moses. While your heads are bowed, I'd ask you a question. Somebody says, well, you know, I'd like to have that kind of faith, the kind of faith that, that Peter had when he stepped out of the boat and walked on the water. I've heard people say before, well, you know, I'm not Peter. People laugh and joke, well, I can't walk on water. Let me tell you something. The miracle to Peter walking on that water was a simple little thing that I'm going to give you tonight that's going to help you change your mind and your opinion about what's possible in your life. You see, Peter, Peter didn't have enough faith to walk on the water. He didn't have a certain measure of faith, and that's how he walked on the water. He didn't have more faith than you and me. He didn't have more faith than anybody you've ever known. As a matter of fact, I believe his faith could have been the measure equal to anyone in this room. But listen and see if you can get it tonight. Matthew chapter 14, verse 25. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. I'm going to read that again. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Doubt what? Doubt his word. How did Peter, Caleb, walk on water? He walked on God's word. Oh. Oh, I hope you're feeling what I feel down in my spirit. He didn't walk by faith. Jesus pointed out and said, you got little faith. Probably faith just like everybody else here. But he said, why did you doubt what? His word. Jesus, if you bid me come, if you tell me to come out of the boat, I'll come to you on the water. So Jesus looked at him and said, come. His word, come. His word, come. And it said, 
And when Peter had obeyed, it says the next word, and when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. He walked on God's word. If you got your Bible, I want you to get it in your hand. If there's one in front of you in the pew, grab it too. I don't know what you're going through tonight. I don't know what you need to pray about. I don't know what is happening or not happening, what you're seeing or not seeing. I don't know what you yet need or don't need. But I know this. It's in his word. Your victory, your healing, it's in his word. Got your word? It's in his word. You walk on his word. You'll have, you'll have, you'll have what he promises. You need your children saved? Find it in the word and stand on it. Walk on it. Live on it. Find it. Hold it. Embrace it. Love it. Memorize it. What are the four words? God keeps his word. So I say to you what Jesus said to Peter tonight. Come. Whatever you need from God, whatever he's speaking into your spirit right here, whatever you're praying about, I want you to trust him. you got to get out of the pew, get out of the boat, step out and come down. I want you to fill this altar. I want you to stand from one side to the other or find a place to kneel. I want you to spend a few minutes in prayer about what God is speaking into your life, what his word, what you're going to hold on to, what you're going to stand on, what you're going to walk on. In his word tonight. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as he goes. They shall run and not be weary. Faint, teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord, to wait. They that wait. Upon the Lord shall renew their strength, they shall mount up with wings as he goes, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord.
shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall not faint. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord, to wait. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord. Victory in Jesus. 
Stand on this word, amen. Yes. How many gonna do that? Yes. What's the four words? What? God keeps his word. Amen. That's good enough, isn't it? Yes. Church is not dismissed, the church is leaving the building. And so you go as you're pleased. God bless you tonight. Survive.